Hi, welcome back. My name is Cole. And I'm Andrew. And this is Control AC. Control AC is the podcast where we talk about foreign policy and for you pages. So guys, the EU is back at it again. The EU, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of liking the EU. We want to just move there? So, <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, what? America's great, um, but the EU, it's, I'm not saying the EU is better than America, but like, but they have I'm some just, things, saying, like, they tech, don't have air conditioning. So tech like wise, tech wise, they make some good decisions. What's funny is that while the EU's out here, like actually working hard on tech stuff, like, I, I don't know how to say this, but American politicians aren't really tech savvy. Which is kind of a problem. Yeah, because they just don't... The only thing they've really done good, I would say, is the Right to Repair Act in uh, New York. Yeah, we got that. We got that. But that's one state out of 50. So, like, it's not great. Like, we just need it to be better. But the EU must have, like, Marquez and Linus up in their bubble (laughs) or something. We need the the tech people from the EU to just fly to America and just become citizens and just join our government but they have to be citizens for like what 10 years before you can join a government oh i don't know i've never tried there's a limit (laughs) okay so england just made gigabit internet not ethernet internet a legal requirement for new homes which is a huge that is a huge deal i get an i get gigabit down directly connected to my router with ethernet yeah gigabit Internet is a whole is a whole new ballgame. So this requires that properties built now literally have to have gigabit internet, internet. Which is a huge deal. How does that work? Do they have to like put conduit in their walls or something to make it work right? You know, I actually don't know. It says that gigabit's only available in like 72% of the UK right now. And it says that it'll have full nationwide coverage by like 2030. That's sick. So we'll Those see Those Fortnite kids that are six years old right now are going to be balling out. All of the UK Fortnite kids now have some very decent paying. <laughs> uh, it's the first thing that comes to our mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone in the UK can now stream in 8K or whatever. So YouTubers should actually consider this. Like UK-based YouTubers should kind of consider maybe working more in 4 and 8K because now everyone can stream it, which is kind of nice. The question kind of, I mean, is gigabit internet a necessity? That's the deal in America, right? Because like you have some politicians pushing for broadband internet everywhere. Let's just spend a couple billion dollars and get everyone gigabit internet. And then other people are like, no, that's not an actual necessity. But I feel like with work from home becoming such a prevalent thing. And school, like kids doing school from yeah, home. It's, I wouldn't say, it's like saying I need a LS swap on my car. Yeah. Like you don't really need it, but, but it would like, be like very, very helpful. Yeah. Like I don't need more than 16 gigs of RAM in my computer, but, but 32 would be a very usable size difference. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think I know anyone in the UK. I don't. No. If you're in the UK and you're about to get a house 
with this new internet, please tweet at us. We'd love to talk to you. If you're on the EU <laughs> listening to this, we'd love to have you on. Okay, so I kind of want to touch on something before we... Mr. Who's the Boss. Mr. Who's the Boss. If you if would you like to reach out about you... this new gigabit Ethernet, please do. 100%. If you're listening, love to have you on. Um, Before we move on to the rest of the, the rest of our stuff i kind of want to touch on a new piece of tech that we have for the studio so um we have a roadcaster pro that we're recording on now so maybe this audio sounds a little crisp should sound a lot less uncompressed should sound or a little less, better less compressed sorry we can also do this how cool is that? How cool is that? How cool is that? So yeah, if you just hear like Craig Federighi just pop into the show. How cool is that? It's it's because I have a little button. How cool is that? That I can just press. How cool is that? A bunch <laughs> of times. How cool is that? Uh, this won't get old. Okay. Um, I'm going to touch on something that we kind of talked about last week. We went over CES and how crazy that was. Uh, we saw a bunch of new TVs at CES. One of those was kind of revealed after we recorded. Uh, okay, it's called the Displace TV. It is an LG OLED TV that eliminates every wire except for the power cord. So, it's a 4K OLED TV. It has four batteries with a charging station and then a base hub that, that like transmits all of the entertainment to the screen so it's just this flat screen on your wall with all the computing stuff under it here's the interesting thing it uses a vacuum system to hold the oled tv on your wall so it just sticks there like it's on your wall without a mount which sounds cool right it does sound pretty neat Except, except it runs off of batteries, and if you don't charge it and the batteries die, your $3,000 TV falls off the wall. How cool is that? <laughs> nice. So, basically... Yeah, that would suck. So Because that's not a cheap TV It's, it's three grand. Yeah. So, like, you're just walking through your house, you hear a crash. Boom! And you walk in there, and your TV is just in pieces on the floor. With you battery for, liquid you spilling out. forgot to charge the TV. <laughs> what a weird concept. Like, uh, that that's just such a weird a weird thing to do. It is a really weird <laughs> like, thing to do. You'd leave midday and you'd be like, there's a football game on. Johnny, go charge the TV. <laughs> like, it's, it's such a weird concept. Maybe suction TVs are the future. I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea at all. I 100% agree with that. Speaking of electricity the corvette c8 e-ray is coming out in february so this is the corvette c8 hybrid it will have all-wheel drive it's just a normal c8 basically but but it has a normal v8 engine which is pretty cool it's the beautiful c8 v8 um nice but it's a hybrid so it has an electric mode so corvette calls this stealth mode 
So when you're driving along, you can just flip the car into stealth mode. It'll drive around. It's completely silent. And then you can just turn the V8 back on whenever you want power. So hypothetically, if you're in your neighborhood at night and it's like, or you, you get up wanna, early in the morning. Yeah, you don't want to wake everybody out. You pop it in stealth mode, get out of the neighborhood, then switch it over. <laughs> yes. So I assume it'll like turn on. If it's a hybrid, I wonder if the V8 would just kick in automatically. So if you're in <laughs> coal. So imagine you pull up at a stoplight. Light turns green. You floor it in your C8 E-Ray. The electric motor gives you that instant torque and EV acceleration, and then the V8 just kicks in halfway through your zero to 60 and propels you the rest of the way. But the V8 is also making no, it's idling while you're pulling out with the hybrid. So you still get that sound. (sighs) The V8 just starts up halfway through. Like the clutch just disengages on the engine. So you get that sound. Because it's full stealth mode. Oh, if you go full stealth mode. Yeah, Yeah, there's no sound. They should make like a you should they should make a way we can like customize it like that. So like if you want that, you could just disengage the clutch so it's just the thing spinning on the motor, right? Mm. Like no trans or anything. It's just the motor shaft spinning. And you accelerate and it still pull accelerates the motor, but you get that sound, but you also get the acceleration of the electric motor. Right. And all that torque. Yeah, and all that torque. And then you switch it over back into regular mode, get that V eight power and just See, I think this is a very good compromise between like EVs and gas cars. Yes, like the Dodge was not it. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, not at all. I, I used to, I used to really like the idea of an EV and like of a Tesla and stuff, but like once I actually started driving, like I, I don't, I think I'd miss having an actual combustion engine. Yeah. Like I just I just like that a little more. And you don't want a little underwater Bluetooth speaker. No, exhaust. no, I don't. I don't know how powerful the electric motor is. Yeah. It has like, to at least get to one twenty though. I don't think it does. I think it's just like a little hybrid motor. But then again it is a Corvette. But it's like a Chevy motor. So what's what Chevy EVs does E V bolt? Which is oh. barely a car. <laughs> barely a car. That's that's an oversized go kart. It's not really a car. That's the car that Linus Sebastian has, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Linus. You have a great car. Is that really the only... No, I'm sure... Oh, the Silverado EV. The Avalanche EV, basically. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. So, so I, I don't I don't think you can like launch this car in hybrid mode. But if it has the EV motor that's in the 2024 Silverado, which is going to be a good motor i don't think it does though because you don't have a big battery pack but it runs off the engine's power right yeah so it's a hybrid but it's that engine i don't think it is though because you need you still need the giant motors like for that much for 700 horsepower which is what the silverado ev has you need those giant motors i don't think this will have that yeah i don't know we'll see maybe it just Maybe it's like a smaller V8. No, it's the same V8 it would engine. It have to be the same. What if they just put the V8 in the back, like behind the back windshield, right? Which is what they do Which now. Which is what they do. And then turn the front into the into electric the motor. And then, so and it, then you a, just literally swap complete drivetrains whenever you switch them between each other. So it's a plug-in hybrid then. Plug-in hybrid, not yeah. just a battery. 
Okay. That'd be pretty cool. I guess I can see that. Like if you just swapped a drive, you had to park to do that, obviously, because you can't be driving completely switch drive trains. <laughs> I mean, <You're> just like, <gasps> especially not in a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a poor car just fall apart. <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty cool. I would be down to get one for free. I probably yeah, wouldn't pay for Chevy, it. Chevy, if you want to send us one, we will. We do will a gladly review it for review. you. Thorough. Thorough. Imagine for a second, you have a Hellcat with this same tech. So you launch your Hellcat at a stoplight and it's in EV mode and it goes through the light and it's perfect and you have an instant torque and acceleration and all that. And then midway through, your Hellcat engine just starts and the <sighs> supercharger whine like on demand, just that would be beautiful. That would be amazing in every way. You know, there's actually, I saw this Instagram video of a Cadillac race car that actually has this tech. So it's a Cadillac hybrid race car. And it has like, it has this, it accelerates and then the engine just turns on. Okay, I actually have it, let me play it. So it's it starts off, he floors it out of the pit and then you can hear the electric motor and then it just switches to the V8. So that is amazing. So you just get that acceleration boost from the motor and then the the actual engine just, oh, beautiful. So I think I think this is perfectly fine. I think you're right. But you know what isn't perfectly fine? What is not perfectly fine? A Twitter for you page. Okay. So I have mixed feelings about this. Twitter now has a for you page like everything else at this point. Like everything. Snapchat has a for you page. TikTok has a for you page. Instagram has a for you page now. Basically, if I open my phone and I go to Twitter, the first thing I see is all of the tweets that Twitter thinks I want to look at right now. So it's tweets from people, I guess, who I interact with the most, who I like the most. So it's it's kind of it they're it's they're good at it. Like these are all the tweets I would want to see. But I mean, I don't know. I I don't hate this at all. I actually like it. So I think I think it's done well. It could be much worse. It could be reels, but on <laughs> Twitter. Oh no, please Twitter. Like don't they do that. definitely could have done something. My problem is that whenever I have Twitter on normal mode and it's just tweets from people I follow, I can't keep up with it. Like I, I follow over 400 people and I just, I don't have enough time in the day to scroll through every tweet on my home feed. So having like a for you page thing with all of the, like with what Twitter thinks are the relevant tweets, I actually think is nice. Cause it kind of just means you can, open your phone, scroll through Twitter briefly and kind of see all the popular tweets that you would have missed. Like Instagram, like everything else now. I guess one thing that could be concerning is that Twitter now kind of has control over what tweets you see and don't see. Yeah. So I'm sure we're going to get a lot of like censorship debates and all that. So basically, Elon Musk did exactly, not exactly, but basically what he said he wasn't going to do. Yeah, I... I don't know. I I don't hate it. I actually like it. But he said a lot of UI changes are coming to Twitter soon. That would be cool. 
like a bunch of he said uh, uh swipe things are coming like you swipe right or left on a tweet and it does stuff which has been in the tweetbot client for a while so i don't know i like that twitter is taking inspiration from third party i mean i yeah like, some of it works. i wish things i wish different companies would do that more often like take the good things from other platforms like other clients of the same oh platform. you mean like okay yeah 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 like apollo for reddit right like if reddit had a ui change that'd be so nice reddit is a little ugly it's a little ugly it looks very basic oem yeah it's very anticlimactic do you use apollo no actually but i've, I've used it in the past i haven't actively used it okay well, i mean for the meantime though like i i like i like this twitter more than old twitter i just it is kind of weird that you can't like see i mean you can still see all your tweets you can just swipe over and there's a following page but you can't see them as they come in which i guess is a little weird but i think this works good job elon good job elon all right we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we're gonna talk about one of the craziest leaks we've seen in a long time. You know, it's starting to warm up outside. It is. I'm so excited. I'm going to go out and start golfing again, go out in my backyard again. You know, I wish I could go in my backyard, but it's just so boring and sad. I mean, you should just get like a pool or like a cabana, like a little outdoor kitchen or something. It'd make it a lot more fun. Where would I contact somebody like that? There's this place called the Complete Backyard. What is that? Basically, it's a custom outdoor design and living space company. They help you every step of the way to design your dream complete backyard. From pools to spas to pergolas to cabanas to outdoor kitchens, anything you want in your backyard, they can do. Okay. So how do I contact them? You can go to their website, which is thecompletebackyard.com. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> how cool is that? How cool is that? Okay. I love this thing so much. Okay. okay, so we're back from the break. And so if you've talked to any real like non-tech enthusiast, they've probably asked you if your MacBook is touchscreen because they look like they should be touchscreens just based on their like quality of the display, the glossiness of the display. They look like they should be touchscreens, but they're not. Touchscreens on Mac have always kind of been that what if. It's, it's kind idea. of been a controversy too. Like some people are very against it. Some people really want it. Well, Mark Gurman from Bloomberg is reporting that in 2025, there will be an OLED MacBook with a touchscreen. That's crazy. Because first off, we have what? Mini LED on our MacBooks? We have mini LED and LCD now. Oh, yeah, guys. I got a new MacBook, by the way. <laughs> so OLED will be nice. I'm, I guess, worried about burn-in slightly more than I would. Burn, okay. If anybody's going to be good at implementing OLED displays, it's going to be Apple. Nintendo's Switch didn't burn in for a year. Yeah. And that was on the same screen. for you're, you're not leaving your MacBook on the same screen for more than hours right. at max. Or like if you're running something overnight, like a print file or something. iPhones are fine at this now. Yeah. They're perfectly capable. You're not leaving your phone on the same screen forever. I have never seen burn-in on... A phone, actually. This is going to be pretty cool. This is going to be very nice for, like, digital art creators. This is one of the biggest changes we will ever see Yeah. to the MacBook, which is, this is all extremely strange because Apple has always been very anti-touchscreen on Mac. Back, like, six years ago when the Touch Bar came out, Craig Federighi did an interview with CNET, and he said this. 
At Apple, we build prototypes around all sorts of ideas. So we certainly explored the topic deeply many years ago and had, had working models, um, but decided that it really was a compromise, that for a device uh, that you hold in your hand, like a phone or a tablet, uh, it's very natural to rest your hand on the tablet and, and work that way. We think touch is at its best, and we wanted to build and have built a really deep experience around uh, a multi-touch first user interface. Grafting touch on something that fundamentally was designed around a precise pointer uh, really compromises the experience. So Craig Federighi said, he's the VP of software. They had working models of yeah, a touchscreen MacBook Pro. They said they didn't like it. They didn't like the it. The reason why? At the time, macOS required a precise tool. So what was what was macOS six years ago? macOS high no macOS Sierra high Sierra no I don't think it was quite or just Sierra it was high Sierra or Sierra hold on six years six ago years so ago? 2017 high Sierra yeah yeah back then it really it was like a tightly packed cursor based OS obviously but with Big Sur Apple completely changed that yeah so there's a really really good video from uh, Quinn Nelson from the Snazzy Labs YouTube channel uh, called macOS Big Sur's Big Secret. And the whole video is him explaining that macOS Big Sur is basically paving the way for a touchscreen on a Mac. I just wanna play part of this. Just for consistency across iOS and macOS, but then wouldn't they make them look the same? Launchpad, which is a feature that never really made sense in my opinion on non-touchscreen Macs anyways, has recently gotten a new icon and renewed attention. The all new control center is basically a direct copy from iOS and, and certain elements like the sliders feel super weird with a cursor. They work like you'd expect, but they're too long and thus require an odd amount of mouse travel. The distance and padding between icons is frankly a bit bothersome for a precise input device like a mouse or a trackpad. It seems so like he's basically pointing out that macOS Big Sur is made for, all. it seems like it's made for a touchscreen Mac. But when I first saw that video, it was just so interesting to see because I'm on Ventura now and it's the same as Big Sur. Like everything, especially Control Center, looks like it's made for your thumb or finger to touch. Pretty much any MacBook since probably 2012, honestly, looks like it should be a touchscreen, especially now with my 14-inch M1 Pro. Like it genuinely looks like I should just be able to go and touch a tab and open the tab. Because everything's so spacious. Yeah on macOS versions since Big Sur. The only thing I could see like a problem with this would be, be, be like all the animations when you're in full screen to get up to the menu bar, right? Like you can't yeah. just swipe your finger <laughs> up. But they could change it, I guess. They could just make it always there. But that would be terrible. That defeats the purpose. This is funny. I saw a tweet on my Twitter for you page from Ian Zelbo. And he's, it's a Steve Jobs quote. It says, quote, after an extended period of time, your arm wants to fall off. It it doesn't work. It's ergonomically terrible. Referring to a touchscreen Mac. It's ergonomically terrible. <laughs> We're going to get an ergonomically terrible Mac then. But so is the Magic Keyboard for iPad. Well, yeah, a lot of Apple products are. So is the Magic Mouse. Like literally 90% of their products are just 
uncomfortable to hold. Like form I, over function. Yeah. Like we got my dad a magic keyboard for his iPad Pro for his birthday this year. And he uses it at work, so he has to like hold it like he's holding a laptop now. Yeah. Because he can't flip it around. It's not 360. And so he has to close the laptop, take the case off. And it's completely top heavy. So yes. it just falls over. Well, kind of, but yes. Especially on the 12.9 inch. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Steve Jobs never wanted this. Mm-mm. Now we're going to get it. What's weird is that the Mac is getting a touchscreen at the same time iPad OS is getting DaVinci and likely Logic, Final Cut, Xcode. <laughs> so the Mac is getting more like an iPad. The iPad's getting more like a Mac. Now they're starting to jeopardize each other's sales. The, the line is getting very, very thin between them. Right. Apple's a business. They have to sell both. Because they essentially have a 13-inch iPad now. Right. <laughs> so ha- so I, I don't know how they're going to distinguish iPads now for Macs other than the software, which is getting more alike. I feel like with there just had to be something so like niche on both of them to separate them. It's not power because you can get M2 on an iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. You can get M1 on an iPad Pro. It's not display. You can get mini LED on an iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. It's it's just software now. The only thing is like a reverse camera that's different about it. You get a camera on an iPad. Maybe a little bit lighter than a MacBook. Like but with weight? the Magic Keyboard case, it's like the same. It's a little bit lighter. And a 12.9-inch iPad Pro with a Magic Keyboard case is heavier than my MacBook Air. Hmm. It's like three pounds. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's just it's going to be very interesting to see how they sell both. Mm-hmm. I think because Mac OS is it's, it's still a tiny bit scuffed about a couple things. But iPad OS is a very, very polished for what it's intended for. For what for it's intended like for. Media consumption mm-hmm. slash light work. Yeah, like just basic productivity. Its file system is still garbage. It's absolutely garbage. Files on anything mobile is usually garbage. Yeah. But like you can't have apps on your desktop, like on your desktop home screen of a Mac. Like mm-hmm. you can't have apps, you only have like files and folders. Right. But on iPad and iPhone OS, you have apps on your home screen yeah which is the whole point of a mobile device it has been since the iphone 2g Mm -hmm. the first ipad it's been exactly the same so if they start to make changes like widgets like third-party widget things are making ipads more like mac os 2 i don't know how this would work for developers either because now developers have to incorporate all these new changes into their apps. Yeah, they have to like redesign all of the apps for touch. And they have to optimize it too. <laughs> right. Like in Spotify on the left, if I go, if you open Spotify and then look at the left where you have all your playlists, you could easily hit the wrong playlist because they're made for a cursor. Like if you just tap your finger to one, like that's only, that's one example. But like that's pretty easy to hit the wrong target. All the apps would have to make touch targets on their mac apps unless apple did some kind of like you know how they had what's it called is it catalyst the ipad mac conversion thing i don't know i think so but like they'd have to do a mouse input to touch conversion layer or you know the uh what's it called translation layer yeah between the two until developers all optimized for touch it would be weird it'd be a whole like apple silicon transition all over again yeah but i don't know 
this is going to be really interesting. I, I hope it pans out well. Because the iPad's getting more like a Mac now. So it, they're going to find a way to sell both. They want to sell every consumer both. How they do that just remains to be seen, especially when they've already said the iPad is the iPad, the Mac is the Mac. They're separate devices made to work together. And now they're combining them. Yeah. Will we ever get like a 360 MacBook that just folds over itself into an iPad and just switches so, to iPad OS? So awesome. It would be terrible, but it'd be awesome. So I actually want to buy one of these. 2025 is in two years. These computers will be out in like two and a half to three years. I think I'm, I think I may get one of the, like if it's, if it's actually touchscreen, I may get a touchscreen MacBook. Cause me and you could easily still both probably get a grand for these computers, even in a year or two. Yeah. So we'll review one in two and a half years. We'll see what happens at dub dub in a couple months. We'll see if Mac OS, I don't, I guess we don't know what's going to, what it's going to be called. Mac OS 14 or 15 now. Uh, what is Ventura? Uh, is this Ventura, 11? Ventura, no, Ventura is 13. So Mac OS 14, we'll see what it'll look like. We'll see if, if touch targets just suddenly get massive, <laughs> like that'll confirm it. Yeah. If it's way more touch friendly, but that'll be a big, a key like giveaway. So on the opposite side of the computer spectrum, the PC side, <laughs> I mean, you, you have, you have Apple Silicon, right? Which prioritizes efficiency. So you have these blazing fast chips that are incredibly power efficient. And then on the Intel side, they just play the game of how much power can we throw into a chip? Essentially. How high can we get this clock speed? And they've figured out the answer. So overclockers for years, like basically since desktop CPUs have been around, have found like the most extreme ways of getting CPUs to like maximum gigahertz speeds, right? Complete disregard for the like well-being, the longevity of, of the computer, supply. yeah, or of any of it. Like people have liquid nitrogen cooled twelve nine hundred Ks and got Linus got to six point nine gigahertz on a twelve nine hundred K, overclocking it. How cool is that? How cool is that? But now six gigahertz has always been like the target that CPUs have been trying to hit for years, and we get that stock now stock. like bone stock. imagine how we could overclock this 3.5 gigahertz chips overclocking to like four to five gigahertz this could overclock easy to like 7.5 to eight the heat this would produce i don't know how you like how do you cool this you'd almost have to put like a one millimeter fan on the cpu chip it's like stick it in the die just to suck air from the physical chip under the that's heat not tip. a bad idea <laughs> Like, there needs to be a fan up under the heat spreader. Like, there needs to be a heat spreader on the heat spreader and then the cooler. We have seen crazier things than that. Have we? Uh, yeah, like, that's not, that doesn't sound too crazy. Because they're going to have to cool it. Why not just put another fan in the thing itself? A long time ago, we talked about the Ice Giant cooler, mm -hmm. which got the 12900K up to seven, almost 7 gigahertz. So this will what? Could this hit in, like, 8, 9? I genuinely would not be surprised. If we saw nine gigahertz out of this maximum overclocked liquid nitrogen, air cooled, like Vaseline spread and everything like milled chip, milled heat spreader, nine gigahertz. I could 100 percent see that happening. Oh, and this is the i9 13900 KS. KS, not the K. Retailing for six ninety nine. 
So which is the same bucks. price as the 12900KS last year, which maxed out at 6.9 gigahertz overclocked. So this will guaranteed hit 7. Yeah, like at least turbo to 7 to 7.5. Do we know any other specs of this? I don't remember. Intel has bumped us up to 150 watts. At max turbo power, it will hit slightly above 250 watts, just like the 13900K. My RTX 3070 barely pulled 250 watts. So we have 250 watts from this, and then what does 4090 pull? I think close to 500. So there's 750 <laughs> from two components. And that's no, that's still RAM, you have fans, you have motherboard, you have storage, you have water pumps, you have <laughs> coal reservoirs like you know we're gonna need a 2000 watt power supply standard in a couple of years that's terrifying that's a lot of power so we don't actually know any of the specs like the baseline specs like we don't know how many does it matter it's... if it has 48 cores then yes. <laughs> okay well but like it's it's six gigahertz that's the headline it's insane it's gonna be it's gonna be fast we can predict that Oh, this isn't saying over. This is max boost clock, six gigahertz. Oh, not but it's not, stock. but it's not overclocked. But it's not. So technically, it's still stock. It just boosts to that under heavy load. So it looks like it's actually stock, either five point six gigahertz or four point seven five gigahertz. Oh no, only five point six. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fast CPU. This is the CPU that Apple would show on their unlabeled graph that like the baseline m1 will destroy like 19 gigahertz <laughs> if they don't continue the graph anything will destroy but this just like this keeps going you know what's crazy back like 20 30 years ago a mega like one megahertz that was, was crazy ton. in 20 years we'll be at terahertz cool uh... <laughs> like we're gonna have 10,000 watt power supplies in 20 years that 10 kilowatt power supplies that is like what 10 kilowatts wait so in 10 years i guess graphics card vram numbers will just be like storage numbers like 128 256 512 512 gigs of vram and my 9090 <laughs> 9090 okay so per kilowatt you're using if you use per whatever kilowatt? per kilowatt, that's a lot, which is a thousand watts. Yes, it's ten point eight cents for an hour. So if you're gaming for four hours a day at two thousand watts, two at kilowatts, two kilowatts times five, that's a hundred. That's a dollar and eight cents a day. Three hundred sixty-five days. That is four hours though. Five five hours. Or that is five hours a day. Which people who are having this kind of gaming computer definitely are True. or like working under these loads. So this is like an extra 400 bucks a year, $400 a year, a year. And you spread that over 10 years. Like, I mean, that's, that's 4k and just energy costs of one computer. It's 33 bucks a month. Imagine data centers with hundreds of these running the power oh, that these things would pull under that no. load. It's kind of scary. Crypto miners, would definitely like this. But until we actually see the base clock 
and the complete like solid set in stone base clock specs turbo clock we're not going to be able to like really judge how good this is but if we can get this overclocked to 8 gigahertz that'd be pretty fire not gonna lie yeah that's that's just next level stuff we'll see maybe honestly i'm not opposed to getting one of these for my computer um yeah let me know how that goes when, like, when, you, when your parents get their electricity bill <laughs> it's i genuinely feel bad more expensive. for how many hours i've put on my computer and my xbox and my monitor and multiple computers at the same time yeah because you're not just powering your computer no, you're powering you your monitor your peripherals and- your tv your leds you gotta factor in 40 bucks a month if you actually get this cpu yeah like electricity costs plus everything else that's a lot like when i had a i had a small little land party and we were running three computers all with at least 800 watt power supplies for hours yeah and our wi-fi router was pumping out some speed and it was <laughs> it was bad it was rough it didn't work at all but um like if you have a gaming party with three computers, a TV, and an Xbox, at least thirty dollars in energy that day. Yeah, hundred percent. Like for twelve hours. If you have three people come over with their thirteen nine hundred KSs and forty nineties, I want to know. You remember when LMG did their whan- or their uh, whale land party no. in a couple months ago? Well, they did, and they had uh, I think it was thirty computers with max specs. <laughs> or not max but like very high end specs yeah. like 3070s 3080s 12700s 11700s i can't even imagine like and everybody there was i think there was 200 people there all bringing their computers and monitors and peripherals i, w- I want to know the price of that day yeah wait we need the eu to pass a bill on like power <laughs> running to homes <laughs> Like you have to have a dedicated gaming room in your house in the EU. <laughs> with, like, double the amount of power. Like, high-end, like, sh- mechanic shop out- outlets. EU, you need to get on that. EU, come on. Mr. Who's the Boss, send a position out. <laughs> yes, but, you can do it. Yeah, speaking of things that are pretty hot. This is our last story. Um, <laughs> Samsung Galaxy Unpacked is February 1st. We're going to see Galaxy S23 we have leaked images of the S23. It looks exactly like an iPhone 14 Pro. Squared edges, power button looks the same, raised individual camera lenses. It's it's the same phone. They I don't think this looks quite like it. It I mean the edges are flat and squared. Yes, and but they're, they're very like it's a very long rounding over the corners. Note the camera bump though. That's the big thing. The individual raised lenses. But like there's the three Pro. of them like the 14 pro but they're straight down the 14 pro is yeah like, i guess i mean just like from the side profile yeah and the power button and volume button are on the same side yeah i think it looks like the nothing phone combined with an iphone it does it looks like both yeah but we'll see s23 in a couple weeks yeah february which hopefully. should be fun s23 ultra isn't supposed to be that new we'll see snapdragon 8 gen 2 see how that stacks up to a17 yeah or A16. Um, but yeah, should be pretty good. Tech season is kind of winding down. The yeah. holiday season is over. Techtober, November, Techtober. December, January. But after CES, we usually have like a couple smaller like smaller tech things like going through spring yeah. and winter. So like, yeah, 
That is it for today, though. That has been episode 25. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or represent the EU, you can tweet at both of us. Uh, I'm at Utterly Drew. And I am at ColdWWWeb. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. How cool is that?